Nora Golden in prayer this morning. She's still recovering from uh, the stomach virus she got a few days ago. She's weak in body, so let's remember her today. Also, Sister Debbie Miller has an upper respiratory infection and a double ear infection, so let's remember Sister Debbie in her prayers this morning as well. Uh, Brother Jonathan, I believe, is down to his back, so let's remember Brother Jonathan this morning. God will just touch him and give him strength. Uh, Sister Abby is uh, still recovering. We want to continue to remember Brother Ron and Sister uh, Vicki. Uh, Sister Linda, I think she had texted Kelly this morning. She said she started feeling bad last night, not feeling well this morning. So let's remember Sister Linda. You know if she can be here, she's going to be here. So she don't feel well this morning. Let's remember Sister Linda. Also, please pray uh, for Sister Shirley's son. His father-in-law, uh, Mr. Koss, uh, just passed today about an hour ago. So let's remember the Koss and the elder family in our prayers this morning. God is mindful. He knows exactly what is going on. He knows what we have need of today. Amen. If you have something on your heart, just make it known by number of people. God sees what our needs are today. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, as we humbly come before your presence again this morning, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity that you've given us again, that uh, we can come together and we can worship you, Lord, and hear you speak to us from your word, Lord. We're looking forward to what you've got in store for us today. Lord, there's many written requests. We know you're mindful of each one and the request under every hand that was lifted this morning, Lord. We're believers here and we believe that you answer prayer, Lord. Prayer changes things. So, Lord, we're just looking forward to what you have. And speak to us today, Lord, and on our ears to hear what you have for us. And we'll just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm standing on the promises of Christ, my King, through eternal ages let it free.
promises of God, you can stand on them. They don't change. They're the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Let's sing this song. Will I rejoice this night and day as I walk narrow way? For the hand of God is all my life I see. And the reason of my bliss, yes, the secret all is this. I'll not only be with you, but I'll be in you yes. to the end of the world. He abides in me. He's bigger than any problem that I have this morning. Yes. Let's try to sing that. Oh, he's bigger than all of my problems, bigger than all of my fears. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Oh, he is bigger than all of my questions. Bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. One more time. Oh, He's bigger than all of my problems, bigger than all of my fears. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Oh, He's bigger than all of my questions, bigger than any. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or can't. 
God is bigger than all of our problems this morning. Amen. Let's sing this. I believe it is in the... Well, swing low, sweet chair, I hear the sound 
I see prophecies fulfilling and the signs of the times they're appearing everywhere and I can almost hear the Father
looking for his coming, aren't we? I believe it'll be a lot sooner than most people think. Amen. One more course, and then we're going to let you have your seats. Amen. Let's go ahead and have our ushers come. Receive the offer. Go ahead and have your seats this morning. We'll just sing this course together. Amen. I believe it's just this piece. Sister Tabitha, there was a song that you led us to sing. that came back to Joshua's tent and said, we're more than able to make it this morning. Don't forget our sweetheart banquet coming up. That's going to be on February the 11th at 5 p.m. and $50 a couple so you can see Sister Deanna about that. We hope you've already let her know if you plan on attending. If not, you may not have a spot. So, so. Uh, we have uh, a couple of birthdays. Uh, Sister Karen Picasso celebrating her birthday on Tuesday. Why don't we give her a big hand this morning? And also, I don't know if she's listening or not this morning, but Sister Emily Hammond is celebrating hers on Tuesday as well. So we want to wish her a happy birthday, uh, too. And then it's good to see Brother Justin this morning and Sister Rosa. Good to have you and her brother here. And I'm glad to have you. I'm not sure who you are, but we're glad to have you this morning. God bless you. Amen. Sister Patty, come up here and sing for us this morning. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quites, with all the never get it right. But it Turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my 
my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. Well, Moses had stage fright. And David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. So let me go down, down, down in history. As another blood-bought, faithful member of his family. And if they all forget my name, well, that's fine with me. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. So let me go down, down, down in history. As another blood-bought, faithful member of his family. And if they all forget my name, well, that's fine with me. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. And I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. All about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Because I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. All about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody. Let's all stand together, if you would, this morning as we invite our pastor to come and deliver what the Lord has laid on his heart. Let's pray for him this morning that God will strengthen him and be with him. He's been traveling and uh, 
a little bit of messed up this morning where he's up there and 10 inches of snow and came back. So let's just remember him this morning, if you will. And just sing this. I think this is This is why we're here this morning. It's because we're serving a risen God. There's all kinds of religions and all kinds of gods, but there's only one that proved he was the one true and living God. Came and was crucified, but as he promised, on the third day he rose again. Let's sing this together. And because he God is real, but thank God this morning that our Lord Jesus Christ proved himself at Calvary. Not only did he come, die, but redeem fallen humanity, but he rose again for our justification, and certainly because he lived, we can face each sorrow, circumstances, whatever it is which may be dealing with today, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. If our uh, trustees will come this morning as they come, you give to the Lord and give joyfully. It's a joy to give your first fruits to the Lord. You give and God will bless you. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. 
You remember, Satan does not slack off. Satan doesn't just take a break from us simply because we get a blessing. He presses even harder. So I want to encourage you as a saint of God to don't go back. Just keep moving ahead. Don't go back. Keep pressing ahead in Jesus' name. And I'm sure the Lord will strengthen you for uh, making the effort this morning. While you're finding Hosea 11 and 7, Jeremiah 5 and 6, and then Luke 11, we'll give you some time to turn to that. Let's remember the banquet is coming up on the 11th, uh, that the Lord would just continue to bless um, the effort to put forth, putting all of that together. And then on February the 2nd, our young people who are planning to go to Louisiana Youth uh, Camp, we'd like for you to get ready to um, uh, register but also at the close of the service, we'd like for you to meet back in the youth room so we can get a count. If you're interested in going uh, to the uh, camp this year, please, we'd just like to meet you back there. Just get a head count and so we can plan for uh, that trip. And I know that uh, you will be blessed as always uh, going to the camp. So God bless you. Hosea uh, chapter uh, 11, verses 7, I'm going to read this again as one of our base scripture. And God said, my people are bent to backsliding from me. Though they call them to the height, most high, none at all would exalt him. And th this is seemed to be a pattern with, with uh, God's people. And it's not that we are not children of God, or that we're not people of God, but the natural flesh itself has a tendency of drawing away from the spiritual things. It is so easy to uh, cater to the carnal things uh, over the spiritual things. It doesn't change who we are, where we're going, and what God has done for us. But what it does spell out is there is a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And as people of God, we have to keep pressing into that atmosphere and that uh, dimension for God to continue taking us from glory to glory. I believe that's what God is doing to the church. He's taking us from glory to glory, changing us every day in our lives. And we cannot afford as Christians to ever, ever just, just slack off. That will come when we cross over into the other dimension. But while we're here... We are moving by the grace of God. The Israelites were commissioned by God to keep walking and to keep moving with the pillar of fire. So I want to encourage you along that line this morning and, uh, and the Lord helping us. If we go now to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 5 and 6, God speaking again now to his people of Israel, he said, Are therefore a lion out of his forest shall slay them, and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them. A leopard shall watch over their cities, everyone that goeth out and shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many and their backslidings are increased. It is so easy to come to that place. And then in the book of Luke, if you may, 
Luke chapter 11, verses 21. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusteth and divideth his spoils. And he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. And he said, I will return unto my house whence I came out. When he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he goeth and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it is a, it is a, a very profound passage here tonight and uh, this morning rather that I want to embark on and as I've been preaching on the return to your first love it is not no indication that anyone has left God but simply that we stay in touch with the Holy Spirit. God wants our lives to daily be in tune with Him. It's never a moment where we just slack off or just take our eyes off of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our eyes are to ever be on Him because I believe that we have never been this way before. But He has been this way. He knows the way and we want to follow Him this morning. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we deem it a great privilege to be back in the house of God. We ask today, Lord, that Your sweet Holy Spirit will just have His way in the meeting today, Father, as I come before the people to bring a word of encouragement to them, Father. Certainly here to be a blessing to them, each one. Today, I've gotten up and taken the time to get rest, to come to the house of the Lord, to be admonished by God, to be encouraged and lifted up. I'm here certainly, Lord, not to be of a hindrance, but to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way in the service in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church says, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and you may be seated this morning. And I want to continue on uh, a message I left, left off. Don't, don't go back. It is, it is so easy to retrogress and to, to slide, to allow the influence of uh, our society and culture to, to grasp our attention. There are so many things that is coming at us at a rapid speed. We're living in a faster time a faster dimension, and things are moving at a fast pace. Therefore, as Christians, as believers, we must be on our toes to know that Satan is very subtle and he's very deceptive in his plans to execute uh, his uh, ambitions against us. In a message... What doest thou here in 1959? Brett Brand made a statement. He said, watch after your Mount Carmel's 
you're going to have a juniper tree. Whenever a man has a blessing and the power of God pours down and does something for you, look out, Satan is on the track. Satan will not leave us alone, especially when we excel to that place of great spiritual heights with our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been having some great services here. The Holy Spirit has been tilling grounds and the Spirit has been falling amongst us and great outpouring of the Spirit of God. But it is my duty as your pastor to warn you and to uh, point out to you how Satan works amongst us. You see, it is a time when Elijah came to his greatest pinnacle in his ministry. Elijah had already challenged the 400 prophets of Baal and the power of God had fell upon him and the presence of God Shekinah filled the place where Elijah was. But you understand it was just shortly after this that Elijah found himself in a place running from Jezebel. He found himself, as it were, under a juniper tree, melancholy, just distraughted and heavy and burdened down uh, from just the pressure of the ministry, not taken away from what God had done in his life. But I want to talk that to you as Christians this evening that how that God can come down in such miraculous ways and bless us and encourage us and heal us and give us such spiritual heights. But it is not shortly after that where we face some of our greatest temptations in our trials. And it's my duty to encourage you as the people of God to don't go back. Don't look back at what has been, but look at what God is doing and where he's carrying you this morning. You see, it is Satan's desire to sift you and to take you back to the place of captivity. And if you look back, you are potentially back in captivity and see that you don't go back this morning. It is so easy to turn and to just look back at what has been. You see, it is God's desire that we stay ahead in God's program and His plans for our lives. We never gain anything by looking back, but looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith today. I believe that you're free, and God wants you to stay free. So don't look back again. Keep looking to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith this morning. I want you to understand that Satan wants you to drift away from the presence of God. He would rather you uh, trade places to be under his jurisdiction rather than the power and the presence of God. And friends, I say we need God's presence and power even more today than we ever needed. 
There's such a pull of our society, such a pressure in this age. It is so easy to just slip away from God's presence. It's so easy to forget about the power of God and the presence of God and what God has done in our lives. There are so many things to occupy our minds, to fill our minds, to fill our time, to get us to that place to forget about the things of God. But I'll say to you this morning that having the presence of God with us is worth more than riches, or fame, or power, or anything in this life. Having God's presence is essential in our walk with God. Uh, riches and fame and power can never substitute for God's power this morning. How many wants God's power to, re, uh, to remain with you? I say, God, send your power amongst us today. I believe that we're living at a wonderful time, at a wonderful season. I believe that right before the rapture, that the bride of Christ will keep our eyes on the words. You see, God doesn't want us to look back. We see in 2 Kings chapter 2 that when Elijah was getting ready to be taken up at the time of his rapture, that Elisha that tops the bride was right there with Elijah. You remember the episodes. And I believe that God wants us to keep our eyes on the rapture. You believe it? Don't look back what has been yesterday. Look ahead at what God is doing in this age. We have something to look forward to, and that's the rapture of our bodies. You believe it? I believe it was Elisha that followed Elijah very closely right there at the time of the rapture. And I believe there's a church, there's a bride that will follow this word right here at the evening time. If you remember the episode, hallelujah, how Elisha clinged to Elijah's garments. And when he went to Gilgal, Elijah went there with him which represents the stone, a time of our burdens being rolled away. And when Elijah went to, we understand, he went to Bethel next, which was the house of God. Elisha was right there. Then he went, we noticed that Jericho, it was the place where all our enemies will die at our feet. Elisha was there. And then when he came to Jordan, Elisha was there. That's the death of dying out and going into the rapture. You believe us? Oh, my, I'm reminded all this time Elisha never looked back. And Elisha kept his eyes on Elisha. Church, I want to say to you this morning, let the world fade out. Let the world fade out. Keep your eyes on the rapture. You believe it? Praise God. Amen. Four major, major places of victory that Elijah went. Elisha was right there with him. Praise God. 
I said there's a church that's going from victory to victory this morning. And nothing will stop the bride of Christ. We are going on with Elijah's message. We're going on with our rapture message. You believe it? Hallelujah. And after a miracle of Jordan parting, Elijah asked Elisha, what shall I do for you? Praise God. Oh, there isn't a reward that comes with following this word this morning, friends. And you remember what Elisha said, the bride of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Elijah, when he crossed Jordan, he said, what should I do for you, bride of Christ? What should I do for you? Praise God. And Elijah said, I want a double portion of your power upon my life. He knew right before the rapture, he needed overcoming power in Laosia. He said, I want a double portion. And he said, if you... That will be so. You ask a hard thing, but if you see me when I leave, hallelujah, you shall have your request. Friends, I say to the bride of Christ this morning, we're looking to our rapture. We're looking for our rapture. We're not looking back by God's grace, but we're looking to our rapture. That Elijah said, bride of Christ, if you see me when I translate, Praise God, you'll have power for our translation. You believe it? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep pressing. Keep running. Keep praying. Keep shouting. Keep the victory before you. Satan cannot defeat us. You believe it? Hallelujah. I thought it was just so wonderful how the Word of God places everything. Amen. Elijah didn't say to Elisha, well, look back at the prophets, and you'll have overcoming power. He said, if you see me when I'm leaving, if you see me when I'm leaving, then you'll be granted your desire. Friends, I say that we look ahead. We look ahead at a promise, that God has given us a promise for our children, for our loved ones, for our healing, for our deliverance. For our body saints. You believe it? Hallelujah. This old pest house is gonna is gonna peel off of us one day. And some morning we are gonna drop this veil of flesh and step into our chains. Are you believing for that? Your wife's gonna be there. Your daughter's gonna be there. Your son is gonna be there. No devil can keep you from the promise. Hallelujah. I said, run to your promise today. You believe it? Hallelujah. Praise God. And what a promise we have. What a promise we have. We have a promise today that God is able. His power is able. We have a double portion. We have a double portion of Elijah's power. Of Elijah's healing. Of Elijah's deliverance. Do you believe us? It didn't die still in the church. Praise the Lord. We have doubled the power of Elijah in the church. Can you say amen? Oh, what a time to stay free in Jesus' name. Praise God. It's worth everything to us. It's worth more than fame and power and popularity. 
and this world and our jobs and society and culture and what's bothering you. This means more than anything because all the other things are going to work out. Don't you worry about it. God knows how to fix it. You believe it? Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for God to fix. You believe it? He's the God of creation. He's the God of your bodies. He's the God of your miracles. Hallelujah. There's nothing too hard for God. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You believe it? How many has got a hard situation? A hard problem. A problem that seems impossible. One that seems like it'll never happen. You can, I can get a witness. Amen. Can I get a witness? That you need a special miracle. Well, I came this morning to tell you there's nothing too hard for God to do. You believe it? We have His presence. And His presence is worth more than anything. You believe it? Oh, these temporal trials and these things in this life are only just but for a moment. They'll soon pass over. You believe it? My message this morning is a summons to the bride of Christ to return to our first love. To stay in love with Jesus. Can I share something with you? Can I share a secret with you? Stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. Don't let anything steal that love. Hallelujah. Stay in love with Jesus. Fall in love again with Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. And when you're in love with Jesus, you want to hate the things that Jesus hates. Amen. You wouldn't do the things that Jesus wouldn't do. You will fall in love with him because your bosom is on fire with the Holy Ghost. You believe it? In reading the history of Israel, Judah, we see one generation after another uh, just uh, just uh, going back and just uh, backsliding uh, against the Lord. It seems like this is just a pattern with the people of God. They somehow just seem to get cold and away from the Lord Jesus. You know, great services we've been having. Some folks feel that it's enough, but it's not enough. We need more of it. You believe that? When your cup gets filled up, you need it to be running over. You need God to continue to be filling it. Look at Hosea 11, 7 again. God told Hosea, my people are bent to backsliding from me. In Hebrew, the meaning is, my people are in a habit of turning their backs and withdrawing from me. How is it that God can come in such supernatural ways, but yet days ahead, we find ourselves just drawing back, drawing back. Let's, let's face it this morning. Somehow, it's not because we don't love Jesus. 
It's not that we don't love the Lord Jesus Christ. But the madness of this world has the power to pull us away from the presence of God. But God is saying that be careful and don't go back into that condition. Don't go back into captivity. Allow the spirit of God to advance you into glory. On top of glory. On top of glory. You believe this? How many wants God's glory? You want him to change you. Let his glory flow into your lives. But they've always had this tendency. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah frequent heart's cry was, Oh, turn, O oh backsliding Israel. Jeremiah 3.14 said the Lord, I am married to you. I am married to you. God is married to us. You believe it? God is married to us. He doesn't want us to draw away from him. He wants us in his presence. He wants us in his sights. He wants us in our, our minds to be on him this morning. Oh, there's just something that's so beautiful about this. He said, oh, turn, oh, backsliding children, said the Lord, I am married to you. And I want you to understand, this was God's married wife slipping back from her husband, just drawing back from her husband. You see, God doesn't want us to draw away from him this morning. When we fall in love with Christ, there's something supernatural that happens in our lives. We want his word. It doesn't matter how hard it is, how much it cuts, how it offends us. How much it makes us angry. We want his word. We want him to tell us what pleases him this morning. What makes him happy in uh, with us today. We want to stay married to Jesus Christ. You see, God's people tend to backslide mostly after a time of blessing and prosperity. I've seen that, you know, God begin to bless and prosperity begin to come and, and great things begin to happen. And, and suddenly how frequently it happened that the people of God then begin to draw back. And often when God pour out incredible mercies on Israel, the people soon turn away from him. When you read the Old Testament... Does it not make you angry at times? You read one chapter where God forgive Israel. And then the next chapter, God is chastising Israel for going back into idolatry and paganism. Then God shows his mercy. It's an endless cycle of mercy and idolatry and mercy and idolatry. And it's your point, it just sort of makes you angry at the Israelites. But let's change the scenery to the Gentile brides. It's the same thing with us. God pours out his mercy and his grace. And then the people of God, they're turned from him. Then God forgive them of their sin. And it's an endless cycle of God's mercy and his grace to us. You know, it is just, it is quite, quite an effort sword. In this passage, 
Jeremiah uh, defines exactly who who a backslider is. He said a backslider is someone who once enjoyed being in the presence of God. They love the presence of God. They enjoy the presence of God. You can never have enough of that. You, you can have a lot of everything, but that's something you can never have enough of. It's God's presence. You see, they walked before the Lord with a devoted heart, she says. They once loved praying and, and digging into God's word and, and the revealed word of God. They once held to standards of godly morals uncompromising. How many remember the time when you wouldn't let down guards to just anything or anyone? That's right. You you just wouldn't let it down. Even if you weren't living up to that standard. You know what you were saying? That's not right. I'm not where I need to be, but that's not right. You remember that time when you wouldn't let down your guards. Hallelujah. That's the kind of people God's looking for in this age. Hallelujah. Don't go back, friends. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and plead the blood of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm not going back. You know, these are people that once had a veil of innocence, an array of God's glory once covered their face. They lived under the dispensation of innocence. But once they've lifted that veil, suddenly there's something else that takes over their lives now. And that sense of innocence has left them. And there's something else that motivates their lives. You understand what I'm saying, friends? It is so easy to become hard and callous from God today. No one intentionally ever walks away from God's presence. No one intentionally ever say that I'm going to get hard and I'm going to get callous. That woman, Brother Brad, talked about that uh, the presence of God came down in the meeting. And Brother Branham called her out and she got bawled out. And uh, Brother Branham got bawled out for speaking to that girl. And she met Brother Branham what, some years later, and she says, now I can see my mama's soul frying in hell and would laugh and it wouldn't matter. You know what? That girl was once tender in the presence of God. She did not start out to become callous. Otherwise, she would not have been in the meetings. But you see, friends, you can push back God's presence so far back before you know it, you're in that position. I've seen innocent people become so callous and so hard. And you wonder, where is that innocence? Where is that tenderness? Where is that person that I used to know? Hallelujah. They've left that person somewhere else. And something else has taken its place. But that veil of innocence, that ray of God's glory that covered their, their faces has just been lifted. And I want you to think in your mind, friends, it is so easy to allow that to happen to our lives if we're not careful. 
even as great a meetings that we've had and God's power pour out amongst us. It is so easy to retrogress away from that and allow other things to fill its place. Pardon me. You know, Jeremiah said they once had respect and dignity and decency, but you know, suddenly all those things have left. They once delighted in the fellowship found with other saints in the house of God. Now they have more fellowship with the people of the world than the people that they're going to the rapture with. Something's wrong with the spring picture. If you're closer with the people of the world than the saints of God, something is wrong with your experience this morning. Come on, church. There were times when you would never feel uh, the spirit of resentment or, or coldness or pride and indifference from these people. But suddenly you feel it. And suddenly you're hated. You're pushed back. You're avoided. You don't want to be around. You, you suddenly, people just avoid you simply because there's such an awe of God's presence that's carried in your lives. Then Jesus said that, you'll be hated for my name's sake. Then Jesus teaches disciples, and he said that you will be hated for my name's sake. Church, what am I saying? Solely like an erosion, a backslider draws their heart away from the Lord. And when I say backslider, I don't mean leaving church and, and just going out and, and, and just uh, uh, de uh, demoralizing your standards. But I'm talking about how easy it is to just sit in church and allow that dampness to overcome your lives. It's so easy to do. Some people, they never move at God's presence. They will look at it. They will gaze upon it. But they never move into God's presence. Pardon me. And you see, they no longer are reverent and tremble in God's presence. There, there's not that sense of revere in their lives towards the Lord. You know, somewhere we have lost that in the message. People don't, don't revere God's presence anymore. They don't, that, that sanction, that holiness, that, that sweetness of God's divine presence has somehow left the churches. But praise God, I believe there's a bride that will not take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. She wants that sweetness and that innocence of God upon her life. You believe it? You see, bottom, bottom line, they've removed themselves completely from God's presence and now headed towards uh, disaster. It's so easy to find yourself in that condition, a place, a, a terrible place, a place of disaster, a place that causes a, a lot of havoc, not only to yourselves, but to your family. Are you out there with me? Are you staying with me this morning? You see, when you are backslidden, you're one of the most dangerous person on earth. You are a walking bomb. That's exactly right. And some of you probably are dealing with people of that similitude right now. They don't want you to talk about God. They avoid everything about God. They don't want to talk about religion. They will talk about everything else but God. It's a sign they're running from him. 
Everything you say is taking the opposites. They're a walking bomb. Have you been around people like that? They're miserable to be around because they're running from God. But I want to encourage you this morning. It's a sign that if God's presence ever once touched their lives, they're coming back to the sheepfold. You believe it? Any person who ever backslid in a Bible was considered marked by God. You realize that? Any person that ever backslid from God, God marked that person. You know why God marked Cain? Because he walked out of the presence of God. And God put a mark upon his head that no man will slay him. You know why? Because God knew, amen, that he walked out of the presence of God. You believe it? God would not let Jonah get away from his rebellion. By the way, when he stepped onto the boats at Joppa, the Bible said he became the most dangerous man on the sea. Believe it or not, church, a person that's running from God is the most dangerous person in the church. You know why? Because God's presence is chasing after that person. You believe it? Why did he become the most dangerous man he did on the sea? Because God was after him. And the Bible said when God has a controversy with a backslider, it affects every, everything around him. Is that right? When the backslider storm finally comes and hits everybody, family, children, friends, and you hear addicts and alcoholics say, my addiction is my sin, my problem only. I'm not hurting anyone but myself. No, that's not true. Scripture proof is just, is just a, a cover-up on the outside. It's just not your problem. It's the problem of everyone who lives with you, walks with you, and knows you this morning. That's why it's so dangerous to leave God's presence. Hallelujah. Praise God. It affects everybody. Everybody's affected. When Achan brought one Babylonian garment in the tent, 27 men lost their lives. You believe it? Remember, your actions will affect the other people. You believe it? This is a problem for everyone that's around you. You believe it? When God is pursuing you, that makes you very dangerous this morning. When God is on your heels, that makes you dangerous. God is wooing you into his presence. Praise God. I want to thank God this morning for every whipping he has given me. And every time he has chastised me. Hallelujah. And every time that he has whipped me, I want to thank God for every lash that he's put upon my back. Hallelujah. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasing us. Amen. But a bastard child cannot stand correction. But I've thanked God for the wits that he had given me that I can be where I am today. Or that I can run back into his presence. You believe it, friends? That's where God wants us, is back in his presence. Back at the altar. 
Amen. Don't never take the altar out of your hearts or out of the church. Amen. You believe it? Don't never take it out of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. The way back to Eden is through the altar. It's through repentance. Hallelujah. When God chastises us, when God whips us, when God brings us to a place where we're laying upon our backs, I thank God for those moments. And not the Lord loved me. He would have never chastened me this morning. But praise God for each time that he has to correct me. Praise the Lord. Each time that he loves me enough to correct my life. I want to thank God for those moments. You believe that? Hallelujah. Each time that we come and we say, God, I am so sorry. I repent. Remember, repentance reconnects you in the presence of God. Hallelujah. You believe it? Repentance reconnects you in the presence of God. Do you love him? God always has a place for his people to come. It's at the altar. In Genesis 3 and 24, it was at the altar that God placed four living creatures. And that was the guard, the way of the tree of life. You believe it? That no man will come to the tree of life. But praise God today, the stay away from the tree of life is death. And God still has four living, anointing creatures that's driving us back to the way, uh, to the tree of life. And that's through the altar this morning. How do we get back to God? Through the altar, through repentance, through saying, Lord, I sin, I messed up. All my iniquities and my transgressions are graced. But Lord, I'm coming back to the altar. I'm coming back to the altar. The way back to Eden is through the altar. You believe it? How many believe that? Hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 4, I've been preaching on it. God had four beasts, four living creatures. Amen. There were four living creatures that was guarding. Amen. The way of life. Amen. Eternal life. The lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. You remember that? They had face behind, within, and before. He that was, which is, and shall come. God is ever watching us. And those four creatures, amen, was guarding, amen, that place of the altar where the saints of God comes. You believe that? How many believe that? Amen. These same uh, four living creatures are mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 4. Praise the Lord. That was guarding the way back to the altar for anointings, anointing ministry that's driving the church back to the place of repentance. You remember that? And these were the same four living creatures, these four beasts, the same thing. Remember, in, in Revelation chapter 4 and Ezekiel chapter 1, remember this now. Remember this. These, and in Genesis chapter 3, these beasts were living creatures. And they interpreted uh, meanings 
of the beast was the Greek word zoon, which means living creatures. Hallelujah. Driving the church back to that place. I want to thank God for the four anointings. I want to thank God for preachers that can come to this pulpit. Amen. The living creatures of God and drive us back to the altar of God. God forbid we ever take it out of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to say it's different, friends. When you look in the scripture and see what God was doing, Revelations 4, Ezekiel 1, and Genesis 3, he ties it all together that the church is coming back under the anointing to a place of repentance. Praise God. If you feel repentance in your spirit, thank God for it. If you feel sorry in your spirit, thank God for it. The anointing is driving us back to that place. Hallelujah. How lovely it is. You've been studying it. Amen. You take that same word, word beast in Revelation 4 and Ezekiel 4, and you use the same word beast in Revelation uh, Revelations 11, representing Rome as it was. Revelation 13, representing the United States. And then Revelation 17, both Rome and the United States. And you take that word beast, and it means Theron. A wild beast, a wild savage that's trying to destroy the church, Rome, and the United States, united together under a Catholic government that will persecute the church of God. But praise God, on the other side, these living beast creatures are driving us back to the tree of life. You believe it? Oh God, help us this morning. Is my prayer. If you feel any sense of God's convicting power upon your life, raise your hands up and say, God, thank you. Thank you that you're still dealing with me. Thank you, Lord, that you're still touching my heart. That means you haven't gone so far out of the presence of God that God's not dealing with your lives. Say, thank God for his amazing grace. You believe it? Oh, my, 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 God help us. My, you see, God is pursuing you. And that makes you a very dangerous person. And a backsliding man, woman, young person, young couple can become dangerous uh, to their surrounding. Oh, yes, this backsliding would affect the whole family. And saints, no real believer lives and dies only to himself. You believe it? When David, the Bible said, sinned in numbering the Israelites, he too became a dangerous man. And the judgment of God sent him, uh, uh, fell upon all of Israel as well. When Israel, when, when, when David numbered the people who paid the penalty, all of Israel, and the judgments of God fell upon Israel. I said, church, thank God for repentance. Hallelujah. You talk about a deadly uh, storm, friends. The Bible said 70,000 men lost their lives because of David's action. 
And friends, I want you to understand, you don't live and die to yourself. You live and die to the church and to the people of God around you. Your life is accountable to everyone that's sitting here in this church. How you live and you act, no one say, you're going to be perfect. But friends, that's why the altar is there. Run to the altar and cry out for God's mercy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember the way back to Eden is through the altar. You're not coming any other way. Hallelujah. You've got to go through the altar. I love to see people come and run and just prostrate themselves at this altar. I love it. You know what that tells me? They know how to repent. They're children of God. They're not dying and living to themselves. But they realize their action will affect the body of Christ. Praise God. May God give you that revelation this morning. That your action uh, will affect the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love to see young people just run and plunge at the altar. Hallelujah. I love to see when the presence of God is moving, people just rush forward in his presence. There's such a magnet that pulled them, amen, into God's presence. You believe it? Praise the Lord Jesus. I want to see that again in God's church. That there's such a power of conviction where men and women can sit in their seats. When God's presence falls, they're running into God's presence. Don't run away from it. Run into God's presence. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it this morning. Praise God. I'm not preaching to no perfect people by the stretch of your imagination. But I'm preaching to the bride, Elisha, the bride of Christ. That knows how to find God. That knows how to knock at the altar. That knows how to cry out. Don't go back, church. Run into the presence of Almighty God. You believe it? My, my, my. David had to cry out in 2 Samuel 24 and 17. Lo, I have sinned and I've done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. But Lord, don't touch my family. Don't touch my children. Don't touch my grandchildren. If I have sinned, Lord, lay this church to me at this altar. But save my family. Save my heritage. Save my brother. Save my sister. And meet me at this altar. Come at this altar. Are you with me now? Hallelujah. I love that. Isn't it beautiful? Look how David took the blame. He said, Lord, I have sinned. And I've done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Oh, my. What have my children done? What have my heritage done, Lord? God, it has nothing to do with them. But wherein I failed you, I come to this altar and I confess every one of my shortcomings. It starts at the altar. You believe it? He said, I pray thee, oh my, let not thine hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. You see, friends, you have to own it. You have to own it. You have to be accountable, accountable, amen, for your shortcomings. 
God is insane. I'm not going to forgive you. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to disown you, or you'll never have another chance. God is just wanting you to fess up, Amen. And say, Lord, I've sinned. Lord, I've come short. Lord, I need mercy and grace. You believe it? Oh, I love that. You see, backsliding is a sign that God's presence is absent from your life. And when the presence of God leaves, confusion and backsliding is coming in. I can tell you right now. When God's presence leaves, confusion and backsliding is coming in. And people then can hardly wait for the dismissal's prayer in the service. Because church become boring to them. They're looking at their clocks. Amen. They're, they're more willing to cater to their flesh. They don't want to stay for the after service where God's presence can woo them back in in the place. Can I preach? Yes. They're missing the presence of God in their midst. And soon, this will affect their influence and their testimony. I want you to understand one thing. And the Holy Spirit gave me these words yesterday. Influence is not an elected position. It is an earned position by your testimony. Hallelujah. Your influence is not an elected position it is an earned position by your testimony. You believe it? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's something that you earn. It's something that you earn. It's an earned position. It is not something that is elected. It's something that is earned. Lord, my testimony is something that I'm working on. Hallelujah. It's not handed to me. I have to earn that position. You believe in church? Hallelujah. And if you want to have an effective testimony, all of your activities must come under examination. Say, oh God, allow every one of my activities to come under examination. Lord, examine me. How often do we pray that? Examine me. Not just saying, God, I believe a prophet. I know this message is true. The devil knows that too. He's been into more meetings than you have been to. He's been to all of the meetings. But he's not saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. You believe it? Hallelujah. Many are losing their testimony. It's a sad condition when the unbelievers must rebuke the church members and say, you used to, used to go to church. How come you're working? You sir, you talking about Jesus. How come you don't talk about Jesus anymore? How come you're the only one in the break room used to bow your heads and pray and you don't do it anymore? Come on, church. And preaching where you're at. How come you used to sing songs? Now you silence. My God help us. God help us is my prayer. My, when you look at Jonah. When the ship captains found Jonah asleep in the hole, he, he soon shook him awake and soundly rebuked him. Look at Jonah 1 and 6. The Bible says, these men had to say to a believer that believed the message, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon your God. 
What a rebuke when the unbelievers have to tell us to pray and go to church. Did you used to go to church on Sundays? Did you used to go to youth meetings? Did you used to go to prayer meetings? What happened, friends? People have left the presence of God. Are you following me now? They've left the presence of God. I ask you the question this morning. What are you doing asleep, bride of Christ? Amen. Fall on your face and pray like you never pray. Imagine the prophet of God rebuked by heathen sailors. Pray. We need your prayer. How many of you know when, when people get into trouble, who's the first one they call you? Amen. They can cuss like a sailor. They can persecute you. They can call you all kinds of names. But suddenly, they get into trouble. And who do they call? You. You truly. But when they stop calling you, something has happened. Come on now. When they stop calling you, something they see that's opposite. Oh, my, all the sailors, the Bible says, were awake calling their gods, but the prophet was asleep. Jonah had lost his testimony. And I wonder how many are watching how you're handling this storm and test in your life this morning. You say you're a Christian. You say you're the bride of Christ. How many are watching you? Eyes are watching you. You say you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe that God's not dead. You believe in the prophets. They're watching how you're handling this storm and this test in your lives. Amen. These sailors, they were watching Jonah, how he was handling this test. And they had to rebuke him. Oh, God, have mercy upon the church. You believe it? I, I can hear the unbelievers uh, saying, why are you so afraid of your God that you have to, to run from him? Mount Church, what kind of God do you serve, Jonah? Look at verses 10. It said, Why hast, what hast thou done? Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And they asked him, Why hast thou done this? Why are you running from your God? We need to be running into God this morning. I don't care what your mistakes are, what happened this week. How many things went wrong? How persecuted you've been? How many times you fell down? You're here today. You're here in the house of God today. And that tells me God is on your trail. God is on your side. You believe it? I say if you're a backslider, you probably remember a time when you could stand confidently in any storm or crisis. Hallelujah. Like Paul, you said, Lord, hallelujah. My God is able. My God is able. <coughs> Pardon me. Amen. My God is able. Amen. Praise God. When the storm hit Jonah, when he left the presence of God, brother, he was dangerous. When Paul was in the middle of the storm and his crisis, he said, my God is able. For this night, the angel of the Lord has visited me. And he said, not one soul will be lost. Look at the difference. Hallelujah. One out of the presence of God, miserable. The other one in the midst of his storm, and he's at peace with God. Hallelujah. Oh, let the dead angel pass. 
God's bride safe at last. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. One is miserable, the other is at peace. Same crisis, same storms, but the other one is at peace with Almighty God. Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God? Believe it. You see, now the only thing people can see in you are fears and confusion. You've lost the dignity that comes with walking closely uh, with Jesus Christ. Worldly lust uh, has drained all of the spiritual power that once used to be in our lives. This is what happened to Jonah. Hallelujah. Until he found himself. Hallelujah. It didn't say God didn't love him. It didn't say Jonah was a servant of God. Brother Bram actually always took up for Jonah. All God was saying is, Jonah, you got to come back to that place. Come back to that place. Come on, church. If God tell you to go somewhere, you better go there. Come back to the place where you left him. Go back to the place where you left him. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, I'm going on with Jesus. If you left his presence somewhere, you're walking alone. Amen. You got to go back where you left him. Amen. God told Jonah, I want you to go down to Nineveh, not Tarshish. Amen. You got to go back to Nineveh Church. Wherever you left him in your minds, you got to go back in the name of Jesus. You believe it? My, 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 I love this. Where is thy strength gone, Samson? I believe tonight uh, that is the first step of backsliding to the church when it begins to flirt with the unbelievers. But now the unbelievers are, are disappointed in your behaviors. Amen. They love you when you tell them you don't drink, you don't cuss. You don't go here, you go there. You think they hate you, but they really love you. You could be their only salvation. Now, even the unbeliever has to say, where are you? Why are you so irritable? Come on, church. It's sad when the unbeliever has to rebuke us. Why are we so irritable? Why are we always so mad? Why are you so angry? Why are are, are you so uh, upset? Why, why are you getting so mad? And, and, and you're a Christian. Amen. You're a Christian. You got God on your side. You got God's presence. Are you following me this morning? Where's the joy you once had? Have you quit on God? Your backsliding has affected your testimony. There should not be a single area of our lives in which we make it seems more attractive to serve the devil than it is to serve God. Are you with me this morning? There should not be a single area in our lives where we make it more attractive to serve the devil than to serve God. And I'm disappointed that people on these social medias that, 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 that links up with people who's looking for an example and they make it more attractive to serve the devil than to serve God. And these same people are expecting something more out of their lives. Come on. Praise God. It's sad. It's sad when believers make it look more attractive to serve the devil than to serve God. We ought to be on our knees crying out to God. Your testimony and action ought to be a rebuke to the ungodly this morning. And many today can tell you how they used to be in love with Jesus Christ. 
but it isn't a testimony because, because it has no power. You believe it? That was just the secret to your power because God was your idol. Come on, church. The secret to your power was because God was your idol. You don't bow before anything else. It's okay to have an idol. Let Jesus Christ be that idol. Amen. Let Jesus Christ be that idol in your life. The secret to your power was power to Jesus Christ only this morning. You believe it? You ought to be praying now, God, I want my testimony back. Lord, I want my testimony back. I want my testimony to affect people around me. Where where do you go to church? What church do you go to? Amen. Who's your pastor? Where's that church at? I want to go to that church. Amen. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, preach Christ. If necessary, use words. You believe it? You ought to be praying now, God. I want my testimony back. Man running from the presence of God. Stop running. Get out of his presence. Just move up into his presence. That's what we're here for. It's not to run from his presence, but to run into his presence. Hallelujah. I love that song. The only time that God ever ran is when he come running to me. Hallelujah. With his arms open wide, and I ran to him. Hallelujah. Are you running this morning? Amen. It's the only time you'll ever see Jesus run is when you start running to him. You believe it? No man or woman who runs from God's presence escapes the storms. And when the storms hit you full force, you had better be found in his presence. Amen. No human power can deliver you from it. Jonah trial took him, the Bible says, to the deepest recesses of the earth where there was no light at all. And he testified, look at Jonah 3 and 6 quickly. Hallelujah. He said, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. And and what an awful condition Jonah found himself in. In total darkness with seaweeds wrapped around his body. Backslider, you better take a look. Amen. You better take a look. Amen, because that's where you're headed this morning. You need to be running into God. Because when God's presence leaves you, it's darkness all around you. Is that right? When Jonah, uh, when the presence of God left Jonah, he went down into misery. He went down into chaos. Hallelujah. The Bible says uh, that he went down to the darkest place. He said, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. Friends, you don't want to go to that place. Amen. You don't never want to find yourself there. And if you're there, you need to scream out to God, Lord, take me up, Lord. Take me back to that place. Take me back to that place. I want to say to you, there's coming upon you a night of terrible darkness, a time of absolute despair and despondency, and despair will rule your life, sinking you ever deeper into the pits of depression. Jonah easily could have given in to the spirit of despondency. Do you understand? He had to make a choice concerning his attitude. He had to choose to come clean with God in the midst of the storm. The Bible says he repented. 
And repentance is what reconnects us into the presence of God. And Jonah cried out. Look at Jonah 2 and 4. And I said, I'm cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Are you willing to do that this morning to the Lord? I'm willing to look toward your holy temple. Out of this despondency and misery, out of this place that I'm in, God, I am ready to lift up my eyes out of this absolute misery and despair of my life. I'm willing to look up from this place of darkness to where the light is, Jesus Christ, and say, God, don't leave me this morning. I love it. Then said I, I'm cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. There's ever hope for us. You believe it? And I say to you today, you too can give up in your storms as well. And you can call God uh, for his great omnipotent mercies and his love to you wherever you're at. Lord, it's me that's here today. I need a touch from you again. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to lift me up. I need you to bring me back. Amen. You too can give up in your storm as well. You can call uh, on God for mercy to you. Believe it. You can come back into God's presence no matter how far from him that you have drifted. I want to say I want you to look at uh, Jonah 2 in verses 1 and 2. As a real child of God who's backslidden in the church pew, you'll cry out like Jonah did because there's still a dramatized seed of God in you today. Jonah 2 and verses 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell cry I. Thou hearest my voice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God hears your voice today? I don't know where you're at. I'm not saying that you're some rank sinner with depravities in your lives. But I'm saying whatever it is that's holding back your prayers, you can give it to Jesus Christ right now. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, whatever it is that's stopping my victory, I want to cry out like Jonah in Jesus' name. Praise God. In a message earnestly contending for the faith, I'm closing. Red Rance at 1953. He said, Every man that's born of God, you might backslide, you might fall out, but if you're born of God, you're coming back to the ark, sure as anything in the world. You believe it? You're coming back to God's presence. You can sit in the pews and be backslidden. You can avoid the depravity of moral things and still be backslidden in your spirit. You know why? Because you've turned to the wrong idol and bowed before it. And God is saying, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am. Hallelujah. Worship me. I'm the only idol that you need. Not your power, not your riches, not your prestige, not your career, but me. I'm the one you need. Hallelujah. 
an absolute 96 and 3. Samson knew one thing, and I wonder if the church realizes today. He knew that his backslidden condition couldn't meet the challenge of the hour. And I know today that the backslidden condition of the church can't meet the challenge of this hour. God is going to raise up some people in this age. How many are going to raise up with me? Stand to your feet and say, Lord, I'm one of them. That God is going to raise up in this age to meet the backslidden condition of the church. It's not the world that's backslidden. It's the church. Hello, somebody. It's not the world that's backslidden. It's the church. It wasn't the heathens that was backslidden. It was Samson. Are you with me now? And that's the backslidden condition of the church. Can't meet the challenge of this hour. Then Jesus came. And when Jonah turned uh, uh, over in the belly of the whale and looked towards the temple in the best of his knowledge, where when Solomon dedicated the prayer and said, pardon me if my people be in trouble, and look towards this holy place, then hear from heaven, and God honor Jonah's prayer, and keep him alive three days and nights, and provided him oxygen, he was delivered at the place where God wanted him to be. I say this morning, repentance bring you back to the place that God wants you to be. Take every pride, every arrogance, every know-it-all on this side of me, Lord, and bring me to that provided place where I can have victory in my life. Not only me, but everything that is around me. You believe it? After he prayed, the Bible said God was able to deliver him to his provided place. After he repented, out come a man set free, the Bible said, anointed and back in schedule in God's Holy Ghost plan, and God restored everything for Jonah. God had left a glorious promise. I say this morning to all his backslidden children. He said, if you'll return to me, I'll return to you. Let me close with, with this scripture, Jeremiah 3 and 20, 20 through 22. Surely as a wife tetrously departed from her husband, so have he dealt tetrously with me, O house of Israel, said the Lord. They have perverted away, they have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, O ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. All you must do is simply return by repentance to God. And say, Lord, take it out of me, Lord. Take away this resentment. Take away this defiance. Take away this arrogancy from me, Lord. Take away this, this spirit of this age from me. Take away Laosia from me, Lord. Take away this age of, of rights from me. And let me forfeit my rights as a sheep and say, oh, God, oh, take all the world out of me is my prayer. He said, I will heal your backsliding. I love verses 22. I will heal your backsliding. You believe it? It is God's work to heal your tendency to backslide. And he says, I will heal your backsliding. He promised to bring you all the way back to himself. Hallelujah. He said, I will heal you. I wouldn't even mention it. I wouldn't even talk about it. They're dropped in a bleach of the blood. Don't even talk about it anymore. And I will return you back to me. Hallelujah. Because you are married to me, Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. Do you love him this morning? Return to your first love. Return in the name of Jesus. Do you love a church? Do you love him? Hallelujah. I, I, I want to see hungry hearts. I want to see people who are so tender to the Holy Spirit. People who are willing to say, Lord, I, I love you. I want hard preaching. I want hard preaching. I want somebody to climb up my back. Hallelujah. Get on my shin. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hit me where, where it hurts. Amen. Step on me where I'm stepping out. Is that what you want? I want hard preaching, Lord. I don't go to church just to be petted and patted. I want hard preaching. And the word of God is like a hammer on the rock. Is that what you want? You saw what hard preaching did? It brought the presence of God in last, uh, last Sunday. For four services, amen, I stood here with a sword in my hands. Amen, and preached the word of God uncompromising. And look what God did. And guess what? I'm not stopping. If you want soft preaching, go somewhere else. Because I'm turning up the heat seven times hotter. Come on, church. If there's any dross in you, it's going to fly out. Amen. Like a chicken out of its coop. Amen. And that gold's going to shine. You believe it? You want a church? How many want the dross out of you? Send the fire of the Holy Ghost. Tear down my pride. Tear down my pride, Lord. Tear down my arrogance. Tear down my rebellion. Tear down my defiance. And burn it out of me, Lord. Hallelujah. Like the Indian miner. He takes the gold and he puts it on the anvil. And he gets the mallets and he whacks it. Hallelujah. And he turns it over and he whacks it again. Amen. He beats that piece of gold. Amen. And knocks all the dross out of it. And he knows the gold is fit for usage when he can see his reflection in it. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Beat out worldliness out of me. Beat out self out of me. Be loud, arrogance, and pride out of me. Amen. Let me reflect Jesus Christ. Is that what you want? Put your hands together. Let's sing this song. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. He promised to hold my hand. He promised to help me stand. When the valley's too low and the river's too wide. He promised he would lead me to the other side. His promises light my way. Never lead my feet to stray. I'm living in his word. I will overcome. Standing on his promises one by one. Help me sing that. He promised to hold my hand. Promise to help me stand when the valley's too low and the river's too wide. He promised he would lead me to the other side. His promises light my way. Never lead my feet to stray. Living in this word, I will overcome. Standing on his promise. One by one, oh, he 
lift your hands up. Tell Jesus right now. Tune in to be blessed. All the way. 